You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. The FDA is considering approval of an antibiotic for use in cattle that could aggravate the serious problem of antibiotic resistance in humans. Medical experts are nearly unanimous in believing that approval of this new veterinary antibiotic would be a bad thing, but the FDA seems on track to approve it. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. Today we're talking to Margaret Mellon, a molecular biologist and the director of the Food and Environment Program at the Union of Concerned Scientists in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So tell us a little bit about your perspective. Have you been following this idea of veterinary drugs that could cause problems for human medicine? Yes. um, I and others in the Keep Antibiotics Working Coalition have been following this issue for about a decade. We're concerned about the loss of efficacy of of human drugs and the role that's played by the use of those drugs in animal agriculture. What we've observed is that the is that both human medicine and veterinary medicine contribute to the problem of overuse and misuse of antibiotics. While the medical folks have stepped up to the plate, the veterinary profession has not. As a result, I, I think that the continued use and misuse of drugs in animal agriculture is putting our ever-diminishing arsenal of human-use antibiotics at risk. The FDA, it should be the FDA's role to look at these things and mediate between these competing interests. There must be billions of dollars at stake in the in the agriculture and livestock industries. Right. There is a lot of money at stake in the use of the drugs, both for the animal ag uh, sector and, and for the for the drug companies. To be fair, these are the people who supply the food we eat. Are we, by being too aggressive about regulation of these veterinary drugs, could the consequence be either, uh, you know, higher food prices or, or some, some uh, problems in our food supply? No, there would not be uh, consequences in our food supply if we were to use uh, drugs judiciously uh, only where we need them and in ways that don't promote drug resistance. I think that I think there's very little there's very little disagreement there. I, I think in, in this is a good example. The drug that we're talking about here, cefquinome, is intended for use against a disease, a respiratory disease in cattle. There are already a number of other drugs approved for that use that veterinarians, and to be honest, in a lot of cases, it isn't even veterinarians, such as folks in feedlots, could use in order to respond to that disease. But uh, So we don't really need another one. Now, the reason, to be honest, that they need the, an additional tool or they wish they had one is that the other drugs, although they still work well enough, don't work as well as they once did because of resistance. But it is not as if if this drug isn't approved, there are no other drugs in the uh, veterinary arsenal to be used against this disease. In other words, the problem we're, we're concerned about in humans is, is happening in cattle as well. Or with yes, resistance arises with the overuse of drugs in both settings and has consequences for both animal health and for human health. We're talking about here, in this case, sefquinome is a drug to treat an illness. But many other antibiotics are, are put into animal feed, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yes, a lot of drugs used in human medicine, penicillins, erythromycin, tetracyclines, are put uh, into feed and fed to animals to either promote growth or for routine disease prevention. Tell me a little bit about the Union of Concerned Scientists and this coalition. I guess, are they environmental groups or who's in this coalition? 
There are uh, environmental groups, the Humane Society of the United States, Food Animals Concern Trust, Environmental Defense, uh, Sierra Club. A number of environmental and agricultural groups uh, have banded together to try to do something to curb the unnecessary uh, use of antibiotics in animal medicine. Okay, and the, the group is called, or the coalition is called? With the Keep Antibiotics Working Coalition. This question of sefquinone for the respiratory illness in cattle was considered by, or was looked at by the FDA's Veterinary Medicine Advisory Committee in September. Yes. And that committee recommended that the FDA not approve this drug. Yes, it did. Was it a slam dunk? Was it a close decision? How did that come out? It was a close decision. It was a six to four vote uh, on the committee against approval. But I think it would have been much closer to a slam dunk had there been more uh, human medical uh, experts on the committee. As it was, there were a number of veterinarians. And of course, the issue here is not animal health. The issue here is human health. So the experts, the the proper composition of the uh, committee, in my view, would have been virtually all experts in human health and the consequences of this widespread use in animals to humans. I'd also like to point out that there really isn't a competition under law between the benefits to animals uh, and benefits uh, to humans. All animal drugs need to be shown uh, to be safe uh, for humans. And so that competition really doesn't exist, and it's even a stronger argument that the only folks on the committee should have should have been uh, human medical experts. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Margaret Mellon, a molecular biologist with the Union of Concerned Scientists in Washington and part of a coalition of various groups interested in the problem of uh, microbial resistance. Have you or has the coalition approached the FDA, you know, in terms of public comment on this question? Yes, along with the American Medical Association, the Infectious Disease Society of America, uh, and a number of others, we testified before the committee that recommended against the approval of the drug. And uh, we tried to make a number of points about why the drug really wasn't needed. We pointed out, among you know, other things, that the FDA considers this drug to only be a high, highly important human medicine um, rather than critically important to human medicine, despite the fact that the World Health Organization, which has done uh, a review of the importance of the drug, found that the drug is critically important to human medicine. We felt that that the FDA ought to re-examine its classification in light of the more recent WHO classification. And had it done so, I think that under the framework, this 152 framework that the agency is using, it would not have come to the conclusion that the drug was safe and could be approved. Cefquinome is a, is a fourth-generation cephalosporin. It is indeed. If resistance develops to that, that can spread to other cephalosporins? Or how, what is the extent of the problem? If the Fourth-generation uh, cephalosporins are overused. Uh, organisms, microorganisms, will develop the resistance to that class of drugs, and the fourth-generation cephalosporins will be uh, less effective. As it happens, the fourth-generation cephalosporins are chemically related to the third-generation cephalosporins, a class of drugs that even the FDA uh, concedes is critically important to human medicine. 
So at the same time that resistance develops to the fourth-generation drugs, it would also develop to the third-generation drugs. Again, another reason why I think the agency's analytical approach to the issue was too cramped and led to a result that really is just contrary to common sense. Now, just the idea of the, you know, generations of these drugs. I mean, we have, I don't know how many antibiotics there are, but there are probably hundreds. Can't this problem be dealt with by just getting back to the laboratory and and turning out new antibiotics? You know, we did for a while. Um, In the early days of antibiotics, in the, the 60s and the 70s, resistance to antibiotics did develop, but it seemed like there was always another class of antibiotics just over the horizon and that you could solve resistance with the discovery of new drugs. But it is a sad fact that no longer is the case, despite a lot of effort on the part of the drug companies. They have not come up with new classes of of drugs recently. There are really very, very few such drugs, and the ones that have come into use in human medicine, are, are they have restricted uses, they're, they're very toxic, they're not all that promising. So while I think people have had hope that there would be uh, new classes of, of antibiotics coming through, there are really none to speak of, or very few to speak of, I should say, in the pipeline. And we, uh, at this point, we really can't uh, rely on that. We've got to take care of the drug arsenal that we have. And to me, that means that, you know, that we, we can't take risks with those drugs by using them where we don't really need them in either human medicine or veterinary medicine. Um, use them where we don't need them and elicit this resistance that will render them ineffective. The FDA asked its veterinary advisory committee to look at this last September, September of 2006. Now we're, we're well into 2007 and the the application is still the application for approval is still pending is that correct it is still pending and and that gives me a lot of pause one result of that committee vote could have been that the agency would have decided that it should not go ahead with this approval and in that case i think it it would have signaled that to the the company and the company would have withdrawn the application the fact that the application is still pending all these months later indicates to me that the agency is still on track to approve it. The agency knows and has and has said in public that it is not bound by the results of its advisory committee. I take that, you know, those two facts to mean that the agency still intends to approve. It's going to simply disregard the advice of its advisory committee and move ahead anyway, uh, meeting the needs of the industry. But I think disregarding the impact on human health. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Margaret Mellon. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We've been talking about antimicrobial resistance in the FDA with Margaret Mellon, a molecular biologist with the Union of Concerned Scientists in Washington. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you so much for listening.